Thanks for joining us online for today's message from our Sunday morning service, where we are learning how to make disciples who love God, love others, and serve the world. We pray that you are encouraged and challenged. For more information about Wilmot Center Missionary Church, go to wcmc.ca. Now prepare your hearts for what God wants to speak to you today. This morning we're ending, we're concluding our series uh, on one another's in community. Next week, as as Chris said, uh, James is going to be sharing, so please uh, look forward to that, anticipate as James Ferber comes to, uh, to share. And then the following week, we're going to begin a new series, which is going to take us into Easter, and uh, it's called Less is More. Uh, that's, that's the thrust of it. Less is more, and more is less. And, uh, and then we'll have Palm Sunday, and we'll have Easter Sunday, or Good Friday and Easter Sunday, uh, about sorrow and about joy. And so we'll look forward to that as we anticipate, as we come through to the end of Lent, and we come to Easter, and the greatest celebration uh, of our lives as Christians in the Christian calendar. So bless, bless the Lord, O oh my soul. So we're constantly learning, aren't we? Amen? We're constantly learning. Uh, sometimes very seriously. And uh, sometimes we learn through little goof-ups and we say, all right, lesson learned. So I told this story to the seniors uh, a few weeks ago and I'll tell it uh, to us all today. I, I have a special name for, for my wife, for Tarina. It's a special little uh, affectionate name that I have for her. And so I often call her that when I text her. So a couple weeks ago, I, I texted her, and I started off with that affectionate name, which, which I thought was for her only. But anyhow, I did, and I sent her a lovely little text, and I said, she wasn't feeling well, and I said, so you rest up, and you take care, and uh, you just stay home, and, and I'm praying for you, and, and that was great. So I sent it to her, and about a minute later, I got a text back with the affectionate name. It said, oh, affectionate name. I didn't realize you missed us so much already. Pastor Wayne. <laughs> now tell me I'm not the only one who's ever done that. Because it's not the first time I've done it. First time to Pastor Wayne and Dale. Anyway, he's, they were in Florida at the time. And their response time was fantastic. So anyhow, lesson learned. Be careful who you text. But I'm glad it was Pastor Wayne and Dale because I trust them with my life. <laughs> oh. This morning we're focusing on one final one another phrase. Uh, and it's a very short message summed up in one statement. Please don't do that. <laughs> Greet one another with a holy kiss. This is not the topic this morning. Um, but it's actually very interesting, and, and it's actually going to lead into what I am going to speak about briefly this morning. I am going to be speaking uh, brief, more briefly today because we have a, a testimony. As I mentioned last week, Terry Lease is going to be coming up in a few minutes. Uh, but it, raising an in, it raises an interesting question and subject because actually the phrase, greet one another with a holy kiss, shows up several times in the letters of the New Testament. And the question is, so how do we decide when a statement like this one, and this is a serious question, how do we decide when a statement like this one is to be understood and followed literally when we read it in Scripture? And when do we read something like this and understand that it's to be understood and followed as a matter of culture, that then we would interpret that way and then we would translate and then we would adapt it into our culture. How do we make those sorts of determinations? It's a really, really important question. Would you agree? Uh, that's the important question. The, the important subject, for what it's worth, is hermeneutics. And hermeneutics have, have to do with the interpretation of Scripture. And suffice it to say, today, and, and we're not going down that path right now actually to unpack that, maybe we, we will some Sunday, but suffice it to say that sometimes it's pretty obvious to us that something could be read as a cultural practice. And we could say, 
All right, greet one another with a holy kiss. No, let's not do that. Uh, that's, 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 just not, that's just not what we're going to do. We're not going to literally repeat that. Uh, but in some cases, we will read something, and it's not so plain. It's not so cut and dry for us. And we really need to dig in, and we need to discern, and we need as community to do that at times, and we need to seek the wisdom of the Spirit to know if something is to be understood culturally or literally. It does not make the Bible any less reliable. Amen? That's, that's, that's one of the beauties of faith, where we have to wrestle. Uh, we have to wrestle uh, with working out our salvation and our understanding with fear and trembling before the Almighty God. Interestingly, there are some groups of people that do practice this literally. Some, uh, and I'm not saying this disparagingly, I'm just saying this as a matter of fact, that there are some in what we know to be the old order where the men will, in fact, greet one another with a kiss on the lips because their hermeneutic is to follow the New Testament as much as possible absolutely to the letter. That is their, that's their hermeneutic. Why am I saying this? Well, in part, I, I bring this up to, to bring a bit of a smile, but mainly as another illustration about learning because this morning's one another, oh, I meant to put that through that, because this morning's one another actually is teaching one another. And a little bit of an apology because we had advertised it was going to be love one another. Um, and, and this is on me that uh, there was a little bit of a change today because we really felt uh, being led by this opportunity for a testimony to be shared because this was the last opportunity to hear about how God has been teaching and giving some instruction to one of the families of our church. When we have a genuinely humble posture that's open to learning from the word of God most importantly and then also from others it can actually be a lot of fun amen it can be a lot of fun to learn and I want to believe and I want to declare it and I hope you believe that being the church and doing church can be fun Woo. And learning can be fun too, from time to time. No, learning can be great fun. And being the church, that's why I say my favorite picture of Jesus is, is the picture of the laughing Jesus that I showed a number of weeks ago. It can be challenging and not without healthy tension. And sadly, sometimes without unhealthy tension, that does happen too, with unhealthy tension and conflict. Uh, but it's not, it doesn't have to be that way in the church. Uh, based on the one and others that we have been working through these last two months. And the truth is that we can tell fairly quickly, oftentimes, if a person genuinely has a posture of learning and a willingness to listen. You experience that sometimes? Uh, you can tell if a person is really well, willing to listen or not, or willing to learn or not, or if a person just wants to be the authority. And, and I want to be in a posture of learning. I want to be in a posture of learning before the Holy Spirit, the one who has inspired uh, the revelation of God and who is continuing to speak with a rhema word and continuing to speak to his people. I want to have a humble posture before our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ who says, come to me so that like Mary, we would be at his feet saying, Lord, teach me. Lord, teach us. And then together, Lord, help us to teach one another. And so we go briefly this morning to a passage that we actually uh, came to a few weeks ago, which is Colossians chapter 3. And we're going to come upon this phrase, instruct one another. And we're going to read the passage together. I have all the slides today. We're going to read the passage together. And we will see once again how a number of the one another's that we have traveled across over these two months, they come up. 
uh, unity with one another and praying with one another, admonishing one another, spurring one another on. We'll see a few of these as we read these together. Overlapping other attitudes and behaviors that are essential to godly, spirit-led community. So let's enjoy reading these words together. So, as those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving each other, whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you. Beyond all these things, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell richly within you, with all wisdom teaching and admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. You say amen to the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let the word of Christ dwell richly within you. I believe spiritual food is life. And Jesus is the bread of life. And so, figuratively, spiritually, we feed on him. We feed on his teaching. And so let the teachings of Jesus and the entire word of God that points to him live in us. David sang in Psalm chapter 1 that the righteous person meditates on God's law. Psalm 119, verse 103. Uh, One of my favorite verses from Scripture. How sweet are your words to my taste. Yes, sweeter than honey to my mouth. So I have uh, a little challenge for you. Uh, It's a bribe. Okay, I'm just going to be perfectly honest with you. When it comes to teaching, I believe that the most important teaching for us to receive is the teaching that comes from Jesus Christ and the teaching that is related to Jesus Christ. And so that's the whole word of God. So all of the Bible from Genesis to Revelation ultimately points to Jesus. And so hiding his word in our hearts or memorizing scripture, or as David would say, Many times in Psalm 119, he wrote about meditating on God's word, meditating on the law, meditating on his precepts. And so here's my encouragement to you, my bride. If, uh, if you memorize Psalm chapter 1, or if you memorize the Beatitudes, or in fact, you could come with, with any sizable chunk of scripture. Those are just several verses each. And, and you memorize them in whatever translation that, uh, that you prefer, and you come to me and, and you recite Psalm 1 or the, uh, the Beatitudes. And then you tell me what your favorite chocolate bar is. <laughs> I will buy you that chocolate bar and it will not be on the church account. <laughs> I will buy you that chocolate bar. And I want to say to you, to anyone who's under the age of 10... Now, for some of you, especially if you do quizzing, this is going to be a bit of a joke. But this is how easy it can be. If you're under the age of 10, um, and you just come to me, and you recite to me the first five books of the Bible. (laughs) It is a joke. But you can also do Psalm chapter 1, or, or the Beatitudes. I will do the same, and I will buy you, if your parents say it's okay. So most of the children are downstairs, so I haven't gotten them overly excited. Because I have had the odd time when a parent has said, no, you can't do that. You can't give my child a chocolate bar. I said, all right, I'm sorry. Um, so anyhow, that's, that's as long as I'm alive, okay? And, and I still have my faculties. Uh, you hunt me down. 
And, and, and you recite that to me. Because, here's why. Number one, in our society, we are becoming increasingly illiterate about the Word of God. And number two, from, from the examples that we have seen in countries where the Word of God is not allowed to be distributed freely, and in my own life and in so many other people's lives, hiding God's Word in our heart and memorizing His Word, there is strength there is power, there is life in recalling God's word. And so that habit is something that I just want to encourage uh, for all of us. So that's, that's my little encouragement to you. Let the word of Christ dwell richly within you. The word of Christ. Do you have a favorite voice in your life? You know, somebody's voice that just, when, when you think of that person's voice, it just makes you smile. Uh, brings you joy, or maybe even gets you excited when you hear a certain voice. Maybe it's your mother-in-law. <laughs> that would be wonderful. Uh, maybe it's your spouse, or, a, or, or I, hope, I hope it may be one of those voices might be a member of your family, or your father-in-law. Let's go with that one too. Uh, maybe it's a parent or a grandparent. You just A child just loves to hear that voice. Uh, or a good and trusted friend. That when you think of that person, that person speaking to you, I can think of a couple of friends, I, I just light up when I think of them. For me, hands down, I love hearing Tarina, my wife, answer her phone when I call her. And, and she doesn't even mind when I text the wrong person. But I, I, I love to hear her voice. And I believe that as God communicates to us, in many different ways, that it's meant to be that kind of inviting tone that God wants us to hear when God sends his word to his children. There are times when we need to be reprimanded. There are times when we need to be disciplined. But I believe that when God initiates his word of love to us, that's the kind of tone and the kind of expression that God is giving to us. Because God is such a God of love to us. The word of Christ can mean a few different things. Jesus' actual teaching, the words that came actually from Jesus, who is the incarnate word. He is the word. That teaching passed on. Or just the the simple message of the gospel. That's how some people understand what's meant by the word of Christ. The gospel message, the good news of Jesus, which is free salvation through Grace by faith. God speaks to us. He communicates to us through Jesus and through the, and through the written word, which is the greater body of, of teaching in the entire Bible, the Old Testament law and the prophets. Jesus is the fulfillment through the power of his Easter death and resurrection. And God speaks to us and he communicates through that written word. And nothing that he says to us that he communicates in other ways, will contradict his word. And then the Holy Spirit is the one who inspired the written word of God. And he speaks, he communicates to our spirits and to our minds, never in contradiction to the revelation that's common to living in the written word of God. And in Proverbs, for example, wisdom is actually personified in reference to the Spirit of God. So the Spirit of God is wisdom. And the Holy Spirit testifies to us about Jesus, leads us into truth, comforts us, gives us his character or his fruit, gives spiritual gifts. He baptizes. He fills. There are times that he overwhelms and he gives wisdom and he communicates with that same inviting tone and expression to us. And then with the knowledge that we gain from the word of God, we can learn from each other. How many of you could testify today that you have learned some really significant things from other brothers and sisters? Amen. Um, and that's, that's what being part of the body, that's part of what that life is about. It's about learning from each other, being able to teach each other, giving that same inviting voice of teaching to our children as parents, to our grandchildren as grandparents, to our nieces and nephews if we're, if we're uncles or aunts. 
that same inviting tone for us to receive as we learn from our families, as we learn in our life groups, as we learn from those who are older, and even as we learn from those who are younger. One of the people that I call for some words of wisdom, and I I didn't call him actually very long ago, is a pastor who's about 15 years younger than I am. Because I just so appreciate his insight. And then there are those who are that much older than I am that I will go running to for wisdom as well. And may we have that freedom, brothers and sisters. Amen? May we allow there to be a breaking down of generational and age barriers. Amen? So that there would not be fear whether it be from older generations or younger generations, that there, that there may not be fear that says, they don't care what I think. Because I know that there are mature people who believe that there are others who are younger, they don't care what I have to say. I want to encourage you today that there are people who do want to hear wise words. Amen? And by the same token, there are young people who would believe that there are older ones who don't want to give them the time of day. And they feel that they're too far along to be able to communicate truth and wisdom. And once again, I want to say to to younger people, to younger adults, there are mature believers who want to share what God has shown. Amen? May may we allow and and may we ask the Spirit of God and may we take authority in our words and our prayers in our actions that those generational boundaries would be broken in the name of Jesus and that they would not be barriers for our being able to truly be the body of Christ that he has called us to be. We share and we pass on the baton with our knowledge, with our understanding, with wisdom, with our abilities that we can mentor and coach others and with our spiritual gifts with our prayers, with our relationships. We hear the word of Christ in our lives, sometimes subtly, sometimes the Spirit speaks quietly to us, sometimes very clearly in the written word of God, sometimes the Spirit speaks to us very, very clearly. Sometimes it's through other people. May we be in regular reading of the word. May we be in regular listening prayer. And then we pass on his story, how it has intersected and become the leading part of our story. And we take his story and our story and we can share that story with other people and pass on the story of what God has done to the lives of other people. And so that's what we're going to do right now. This morning, I'm going to ask Terry to come. Uh, We've asked Terry Lees to share how God spoke very clearly, pretty profoundly. And uh, can I say it was a little bit crazy? Yeah, yeah. okay. Uh, to the Lee's family. And I've, I've asked, we've asked Terry to come and share that uh, because the Lord is moving them on. And uh, we're not happy <laughs> on one level. But we, we, what we are most happy about is that when we are listening to God's voice, and it's very clear that he's giving direction, that we are obedient to it. So bless you, brother. Let me pray for you as you come, okay? Lord, thank you for the body of Christ, for brothers and sisters. Thank you, Lord, for the least family. Thank you, Lord, for our brothers standing here beside me today. And that you are at work in their lives and in their life as a family. And Lord, we, we recognize that you are at work in every one of our families and the lives of every one of us. And so, Lord, speak through your servant, we pray today, uh, to our hearts, Lord, to our minds, the message that you would like to continue to communicate for what we would learn from each other. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen and amen. Bless you. Good morning, church. Um, if I'm knocking my foot up here, it is so asleep right now. <laughs> so, um, and thanks, brother, too, for, uh, for your words this morning. It's, uh, your words this morning just resonated with what, yeah, like with what you said, what our family's going through right now. So, 
Um, I think just a, okay, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just take a look at the clock up there. So uh, you said not to go anywhere past an hour and a half to two hours talking. So um, I'll try to keep it within that time frame. But uh, what I can say though is that if the spirit is moving within me, I can't guarantee a time that we'll be getting out of here. So, um, so first off, I, I, um, I want to talk about obedience and um, like what Pastor Randall said this morning, second chances. Um, Obedience as a father, when we uh, when we give instruction to our kids, you know, and I can think of, uh, for most of you know, my three kids, Sam, Ben, and Clara. Um, you know, there's some things you give instruction to your kids, and you know they they don't get it at first. You know, they want to, uh, you know, they're like, Dad, don't worry about it, Dad. We know, we know, we know how to do it. And it's, you know, as a father, you can see the bigger picture as to what's. Um, you know, as to what's all involved with that. So, um, but at the time, your kids might not might not think that. They're like, Dad, you don't know any better. You know, I know I know how to do this. I know how to... But as a father, we know the bigger picture of this. So, um, this is what our relationship is like with God our Father. Um, and as followers of Jesus, sometimes God lays out a plan for us. And we don't get it. We just... That it doesn't make sense. Um, you know, and sometimes then, as, as my own kids, they might make the decision either to go one way or go the way of, of their parents instructing them. As followers of Jesus, we do the same thing. Sometimes we'll do, um, you, know, you know, we'll want to do our own thing because it doesn't make sense, or other times we'll just take that step and, we, and we'll just go where God's calling us to be. So... And I think most of you, or some of you that were here last year, I did share up front here last year with an experience I had at the hospital that I was employed at. Um, and how, you know, one of the things that, that Holly and I prayed as a family, just to be obedient to God's word, where God's calling us to be. Um, last, last year, I shared some, it was a significant hardship at my, um, at my work at the hospital where it risked me either losing my job or following where Jesus is calling us to be. Um, and as hard as what it was, following Jesus ended up being, um, you know, um, that blessing that he, he, he gave our family. So um, at the same time, though, throughout this was all going on. So within that same week, there was, Holly and I were, uh, we're sitting our, uh, we're sitting on the couch, and and Holly gets a text from um, from Anita Hope, who's here. I think she's here this morning. Um, uh, who attends here? Um, and Anita said to Holly, "I don't know which one of you this is for, but they were doing devotions, and she said God's just telling her that she's to tell Holly and I it's okay to go." And this kept going over and over and over, and. Anita just said, okay, this doesn't happen to me. So she had to call us up, and she said, for as odd as this sounds, i got to tell you this. This is what God's telling me to tell you. Holly's on the couch, and Holly looks at me. She goes, are we going anywhere? I said, no. I said, like, not that I know of. That was on the Monday. Um, and I just put it aside. I didn't think anything of it. The next day, um, I, get a, I get an email. And it's from a, from a college out in Peterborough um, uh, to interview for a position out there very similar to what I was doing at the hospital. And, and I'm like, this is just odd, you know. And I said to Holly, because I said, what do you think about going out to Peterborough, right? And we're kind of joking about this. And Holly's like, Peterborough? What's, we don't know anyone out there. This is, and um, so I thought, well, you know what? I'm going to... I'm gonna, go see what they have to say. And I told them, I said, listen, I, I can't come out there. It's a three-hour drive for us. I said, sorry, but thanks, but thank you very much for the opportunity. They replied back. They said, well, can we do a Skype interview then? We'd really like to talk to you. And I'm like, well, okay. I guess if that's, you know, you know, that if you really want to talk to me that bad and for 
just for entertainment purposes, you know what, why don't, why, why don't we take a look at this? Um, so I had my Skype interview and it was, I don't know, an hour and a half, two hour interview and I think I flopped within the first 15 minutes. And for the rest of the interview, I just said, yep, yep. And I um, basically answered any questions the best I could and I thought it was a failure. The next day um, after that, um, had, had, had a call back from them saying that they'd like to see references and they'd like me to, to come out to the campus and take a tour. Um, that same day is when I was challenged at my work at the hospital where it was, um, and for those of you not familiar or that weren't here last year, it was um, to do work for the abortion clinic at Grand River, which I refused to do. Um, this happened at the same time, so I couldn't wrap my head around this whole change with the college and stuff going on at work. Um, so things were going on with the hospital. Um, and at the same time, this, this door is being opened in Peterborough. And I'm like, there's no reason for us to look out this way. At the same time, though, Holly and I um, and a few, a few good friends, and like with what Pastor Randall spoke about this morning, fellow brothers and sisters that were walking with us in this. And, um, and they prayed about this too. And they, and they actually prayed about saying that, you know, there's something that on them that's telling us, yeah, there's something about Peterborough for you guys, that you guys are being called out there. Um, so, so everything going on with the hospital, I'm really brushing off this thing with Peterborough because it's not making sense. And, I, and I'm like, I can't be bothered with it. They kept on persisting to meet with me, to talk with me, um, you know, for me to come out. Um, I, I told them, I said, we have a house here. I can't, you know, we're not ready to sell it because they said we want someone out here in three weeks. I said, there's no way that can happen. Maybe in May or June we'll do it. And I thought, well, that'll close the door. And they came back, they said, well, we can work something with May or June. You know, can we? And this door still stayed open. And, and it's not as if this wasn't a position here that was, um, you know, so like with the college there, there's not, you know, a lot of the positions there are, are, are either part-time or contract. Very few are full-time positions. So the fact that this full-time position was open, it was, um, it was coming at me. I, like, I still didn't grasp it yet. Everything was resolved at the hospital, more or less. Like, I think it was, God's blessed me through that, and God's name was, he was glorified throughout this process. Um, so, you know, after this was done, everything kept coming with, with the college. And eventually, and then, you know, I met with Pastor Wayne, Pastor Don, and trying to figure this out. Um... You know, and we're weighing out, okay, what's the pros and cons? The cons of this, I had no idea why we were supposed to be out there. So I called the college back. I said, I'm, I'm done. I don't want the position. I'm, I'm moving on. Um, maybe, maybe not in those exact words, but just, you know, as to, I wanted to cut the ties off on this because there's no purpose for us to be out there. Um, after saying that, I had, you know, like I had this feeling of regret and I didn't know what it was. It was an unsettling feeling as to what did I just do here? Um, so, you know, and things were still going well, like from, from February on till the summer, um, Holly and I, we continued to, to pray together as a family for guidance, for, you know, pray for obedience. Um, you know, still involving her, because one of the things, too, is, you know, that didn't make sense is because we've only been here for a few years now, a couple years, and we love the church, and we love, as brothers and sisters, it's just God's really nurtured our family with this, so, like, it did not make sense as to why God would open doors up in moving this. Um, in, in the summertime, our prayer groups, we talked about this, too, again, um, you know, and with, um, because we kept looking at Peterborough area, 
okay, why are we, why, 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 why are our hearts being drawn to that area there? So even our kids now are starting to ask about this, right? Um, so again, we continue to pray for it. The position's filled now at the college. Like, okay, well, this is, you know, we just have to move on with our life and get on with it. Um, friends of ours told us that after we, you know, that if, that if God has a plan in your life, you need to go back to, you know, what was the, what was the original step or what was the original request that God's made of you? And ours was, okay, well, we needed to sell back in the wintertime if we were going to move anywhere. So we thought, well, let's, let's put our place up for sale. And there was questions here within the church. I remember people asked me, oh, you got your house for sale. Where are you guys going to? And we didn't know. We just knew we had to sell. Um, for anyone outside the church telling them that, they're like, so you're moving to, you've got your house up for sale, you have nowhere to go. Yep. And it didn't make sense. Um, when we put our place up for sale, I'm sitting on the couch and I'm looking on the computer and all of a sudden uh, a portal of, of on this organization I'm part of sends you links within the industry and you know, and job postings, if they're up there, well, this job posting came up. And it was job posting at the college. And, um, um, yeah, so I'm sitting there, and I said to Holly, I said, oh, look at this, and I showed her the computer. And Holly goes like this, she goes, and I said, what's that? And she goes, Tara, I prayed about that, that that position would be open this week for guidance for where God's going to call us to be. And I'm like, okay, well, if this is a God thing, I actually have to call back and see what they're... So I call them back, and uh, the director there said, Terry, it's so good to hear from you. Um, we just offered this to a part-time yesterday, but I'll, I'll, but I'll let you know if it becomes open again. And I'm like, okay, well, just so you know, we're selling. And we're, and we're prepared to move. Where deep down, I'm thinking to myself, what am I doing? <laughs> and so, so the process went in the fall. We sold our house in New Hamburg um, on December 12th, or December 4th, I think it was, which was a year to the day that Anita gave us that word um, for the year before about that's okay to go. Um, so I called the college back. I said, yep. I said, I'd like to look into this more. Let me know how things are, you know, because I never heard back. Time went on in December. January, we get a call back from the college saying that, Terry, I got good news. We have a part-time position open here. We'd like to offer this to you. And, and I said, oh, I said, well, I really can't relocate my family for something part-time out there, I said. And then I said, well, that, well, that was filled last September by our part-time workers, so... Um, the full-time positions don't come up, you know, very often. So we'd like to offer this to get you on board. I said, well, sorry, I can't. So we're moving out, I think, January 22nd. And we're going to my mom's place in Wellesley. We have no plan. And um, the week before we're to move, uh, so we're to move out on the Tuesday, the Friday before, I get a call from the college. And the college says, Terry, I'd, uh, um, uh, you won't believe what happened here, but um, the part-timer we offered the word to just gave us notice he's relocating. And, and she says, and she says um, I don't know why your name keeps coming across my desk. <laughs> Everyone at the college was telling her that she's crazy to be sticking with me like this. But, but she goes, I don't know what it is about you that you in this role, but I'm going to offer it to you right now if you'd want to take it. And I told her, I said, well, I can tell you exactly what it is, why my name keeps coming across your desk. And I said, we can talk about that at another time. Come back, I say that to Holly, and Holly breaks in tears, and she says, Tara, she goes, she goes, I prayed for that um, yesterday, that, the, that this worker would leave, that that position would be yours. 
So at this time now, I'm thinking to myself, this is a God thing now. I can't, you know, um, that I can't reject this now. And it's, so, so I had to do the process of going in for an interview again and talking to the group there. Um, I had the interview on the Monday. We thought, well, the weekend before, let's just go up and take a look, because I might not have the job there, and just take a look at houses. And um, we were to look at three houses that weekend. Um, two were sold right off the hop, and we were to look at one. And the realtor up there saying, Terry, sorry to bring up here to look at one house, but this is, uh, this is what's here. Well, this house here, if you ask, uh, well, myself, Holly, and our kids, we all had a, like a check mark as to what we wanted to see in a house. And this house had everything. Um, and we put an offer in the day before we were supposed to have the interview. <laughs> so, um, so I had the interview the next day. Um, and we were there, and so I'm meeting with all the, uh, there, there was the VP of, of finance and some of the head, um, head leadership team there, and they were, one of the questions was, is that they said, no, so sorry. So they were saying, uh, here's, here's question three. And the director, who I've been dealing with the last year, she goes, no, I'm asking this question. And she puts everything down. She goes, why do you want this job? <laughs> and she looks at me. Um, and I told her, um, you know, there's, there's two things I wear on my sleeve, my family and my faith. Um, and our family's called out to this area. I don't know if I have this job or not. This is what I told him. I don't know if I have a job here or not. But I know that that God's um, that God's got plans for us in this area. Um, and then. It, and then, it, and then she goes to me, she says, well, Terry, because it never happens, we have two people leave like that, full-time positions. And I, and, and I told her, I said, I know exactly why that happened. Um, and then I explained what happened with Holly. Those two people left because this spot's meant for me here. Um, and, I, and I said, Holly prayed the one day, and one left the next day. She prayed the one day, the other one left the next day there. And they're all around the board table. They're all looking at each other. <laughs> and, uh, and I just said, it's, you know, regardless whether if I have a job or not, this is, I know this is in God's hands. Um, so then the director kind of laughed, saying, well, maybe we should get Holly on the staff here to make some of the decisions here. <laughs> um, so, um, so that was in February. Um, so, which brings us to now. So, on one day, on, I think it was February 20th, on the Wednesday, I think. Um, also, with the house, too, there was no offers on this house until we put an offer in, and then all of a sudden there was a lineup of people waiting to put offers in on this place. Um, on one day, the job was finalized, and the house was finalized all within an hour of each other on Wednesday, February 20th. Um, you know, and it, and it still doesn't make sense because we have no family out there. We have no friends. We have no contacts. We have no, you know, unlike with starting a new job around here, there's community connections. There's no community connections out there. Um, but there's a piece about it. And um, with Holly and the kids, um, we have a piece about being out there. We're here. We have all of our friends. We have all of our family, community. I look out here, all, of, all the brothers and sisters that I've walked with the last few years that we've been here um, and I've connected with. And, and even, you know, like I'm looking at some of the parents here of your kids. You know, that I've, um, I've had the opportunity to teach in Sunday school and activate. 
it does not make sense for us to leave here. But then I go back to Proverbs um, chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Amen. We're not to figure this out. Um, you know, when I stand before God, and we all will, well, I'll be standing before God at one, at one point. I don't want him to say, Terry, you've done an okay job. I want him to say, you followed what I said. Good job, Terry. Good job. And although it does not make sense at all here, right? I know it makes sense with, with God. Um, and so going back to with what Pastor Reynolds said today, the second chance was with me, um, you know, with God opening that door back up again. Last, last summer, and not just opening it, but flinging it wide open and letting the floodgates open too as to um, letting him work within us. So, um, so yeah, so our last day here, like we're still going to be back here periodically because uh, um, the kids have a grandma that they love to see. <laughs> um, So yeah, so we'll be back every, well, we don't have a, a set time yet, but this will be our church to come back to. But as for regular attendance, we'll, our last day will be Easter Sunday. Um, so just pray for, um, for our family. This is a total, uh, we don't know what God has planned for us out there, um, but we want him to be glorified. We want his kingdom just to be um, raised wherever we go and that our family is the light of uh, the light of his word there so um, so if you continue to pray for us and keep us in um, you know we'll still keep in touch we have a lot of space up there we love to see people come up and visit we have a, a guest suite there that we can accommodate people so um, yeah that's I want to uh, I want to invite Pastor Wayne. Would you come up and uh, could, I don't know if we could have could we have your whole family come up or else we can go down to you just to pray for you. Yeah. Okay. Oh, wonderful. I just want uh, Pastor Wayne to pray for you. Let me invite the, the musicians to come up at this time, too. Thank you, Lord. Are you started down there already to work? So I, so I, I started last, last Monday. Um, so I'll be down there for the next three weeks, Monday to Thursday, just to carry over until our closing date on April 12th. Right on. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, as we stand with Terry and Holly here at this amazing adventure that you have taken them on already, we are reminded afresh the steps of a good man and woman are ordered by the Lord. Though they should falter, they will not be utterly cast down, for you will uphold them with your righteous right hand and Lord we see your hand all over them right now but we also understand that whenever we step into a walk of faith the end is not always clear but the way is constantly sure because we never walk alone I thank you that Terry and Holly have experienced that fact already. And as they take these steps with their family, we understand that they also sense the strong obligation of leading their family aright. And therefore, Lord, their eyes are upon you during these days.
And we understand as well that whenever they have a decision to make, you will always be right there to say, this is the way, walk in it. Thank you for the accompaniment of your peace to rule in their hearts as well as in their minds. Because we know, Lord, that the enemy would love to take thoughts and have them ramble through our minds to try to torment us and to think, what are you doing? Why are you taking this foolish step? There's trouble ahead, don't you know that? But he's wrong. He's a liar. And the Lord says, wherever you go, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And I know, Father, that today, Terry and Holly are in the center of your will. Even though they can't see the long hall before them, they still are aware right now that their headlights in a dark place go so far, but as they take another step, those lights go further. And that's how we navigate when we drive at night. But right now, Lord, they are assured that they are walking in your light. And that light is sufficient for where they are at right now. So we pray for these next steps, that they will experience your continued grace, and your name will be glorified. For we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening online with us. We trust you were encouraged and challenged by today's message. If you have a prayer request or an encouraging story about what God has been doing in your life, please email us at amen at wcmc.ca. God bless.